and welcome to episode 94 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. What we want to do is, is harness that emotion, harness that thing that we're triggering, whether it's the education, the emotion, that aha moment, that laugh, that cry, that anger, that frustration, that joy, that elation. Harness that thing and make sure someone takes that and tells someone else about it. Hello, my name's Ian Anderson Gray, and in this episode of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast, I'm joined by the amazing, the fabulous Mark Asquith. We're going to be talking about what you need to create an awesome podcast from your live show. All the different aspects of podcasting. I can't wait. Let's get on with the show. Oh, but first... Looks like it's time for something completely nutty. What you need to create an awesome podcast. This is the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray, helping entrepreneurs level up their impact, authority, and profits through the power of live video. Gain confidence in front of the camera, confidence with technology, and confidence with the content and marketing. Together, Together, we can go live! Hello, it's Ian Anderson Gray. This is episode 94 of the Confident Live Marketing Show. And in today's show, we're going to be talking about what you need to create an awesome podcast from your live video shows. The show notes for this episode when the podcast comes out will be at iag.me forward slash 94. As always, if you want to be involved with this live show, if you want to be watching live and commenting, then you can do that really easily. All you need to do is click on confident.live forward slash subscribe and you'll be notified by my fancy messenger bot when I next go live. And if you are in the UK, you can also text the word confident to 07723 361 790. Well, today's show is sponsored by Content 10X and also the Launch Your Live course. And I want to tell you a little bit more about the Launch Your Live course, which is which basically opened its doors on Sunday. And if you're listening in the future, if you listen to the podcast, this may or may not be open when you listen to this. It will be, uh, I'm going to be doing this show, this, sorry, this course four times per year. And it's all about launching your own live show with success. Now, you may be wanting to create a show on Facebook Live or LinkedIn Live or some other platform, but maybe something is stopping you. Maybe you are it's the getting scared in front of the camera. It's the mindset side of things. Or you're worried about looking looking like an idiot on camera. Well, you're in the right place. In this, in this course, I'm going to be going through mindset coaching, and I'm going to also help you with communication in front of the camera. I'll be sharing my tips on how to do that much more effectively. We also talk about the tech and the gear. That can be the other thing that stops people from... Uh, launching a live show. And then the final thing is the content marketing and the production and promotion side of things. So this show, this course even, I will get the right word. This course is um, drip fed over five days. So next Monday to Friday, 
you'll be able to go through the course and go through everything that you need to know about launching your own live show. I'll be also going live in the group. And then the following week is all about practicing. So if you want to find out more about this, if you want to sign up, the cost is only $97 for those 10 days. And this is going to help you launch your course, launch your live even. <laughs> I can't get the words out today. If you want to find out more about this, if you want to sign up, then all you need to do is go to iag.me forward slash L-Y-L. That's short for Launch Your Live. That's iag.me forward slash L-Y-L. Well, it's time to bring in my guest for today, who is the fabulous, the wonderful Mark Asquith, who is a serial entrepreneur who has built globally successful design, marketing, software, and digital businesses since he quit his real job in 2005. Build as the UK podcast expert. Mark is CEO and co-founder of Rebel Base Media, a podcast, tech, and strategy company that owns Captivate.fm, Productivity, Podcast Websites, Podcast Success Academy, and Rebel Base Studios, and is well known as an insightful, thought-provoking, and actionable podcast industry keynote speaker. He's a wildly approachable Brit, which I can definitely vouch for, and Star Wars DC Comics geek. Mark, welcome to the show. Bit of a mouthful, that, isn't it? It is, it is. I hope you're impressed. Were you impressed by that? By my... Yeah, you got it out in, uh, you Just... got it out in record time as well. I, I, uh, I tried. Although dep depressingly, I think I've put a bit of weight on since that picture. That's a bit annoying, no, isn't it? It's, it's 2020. It's 2020. What can we? What can we say? I just want to say hello <laughs> to the fabulous Katie Simpson, who's saying hi, guys. And um, yes, yeah, she's saying launch your live course. It should be launch your live show. I was getting all mixed up. That's what happens on live. Sometimes your brain goes to mush. How much live uh, stuff do you do? I mean, I know you you. You definitely do a live show, a live thing every week, don't you? Because I, I occasionally catch you when I, when I, when I'm rushing around and I see, oh, Mark's gone live. I have to pop in and see, see, say hello. Yeah, I yeah. used to. I, I actually, I kind of stopped that relatively recently to move right. that into one of our groups. But we do, yeah, we do a fair bit of live stuff. You know, we do um, a lot of YouTube work, um, and we're just bringing back two or three webinars as well for for the the podcasters that we've got. And it's, it's interesting to us. I, I did a live show every Friday at 4 p.m., like regardless of where I was. You know, I even did it from my phone in the pub mm. in London probably yeah. more than more than five times. And it was it was good because we it, it built a lot of consistency up. I did that for years, man, and I mean a long, long time. You know, yeah. I ran it from 2015 to earlier this year, and we only stopped it because we'd – Frankly, we'd covered that much content. And because I do, you know, I do the podcast accelerator show, we've got the YouTube channel, we do our webinars, like there was just too much content out there. So we, we, we kind of, we tweaked how we do the lives and, and where we put the lives and when we put them out. But yeah, we do a fair bit. We do a fair bit of it. I, I enjoy going live. It's oh, terrifying. Cool. Well, I was going to ask you about that. So you say it's terrifying. Do you remember the first time you went live and, you know, how nervous were you if you were nervous? To, it sounds like you, you still are. Still get nervous. I don't know. You say terrifying. So tell us a bit more about kind of the mindset side of things. What's going on in your head when you go live? And how, how have you kept going? Because that's, that's, that's a lot of consistency if you've done that since 2015. Yeah, that's, that's one thing I was really keen on doing. It's been really consistent. And when I say terrifying, I'm not, 
like I don't really get too nervous with it. Like you and I spoke in the pre-chat about, you know, we're both from a musical background. Like, you know, I've, I've been on stages, I've played um, in, in front of thousands of people playing the musical stuff. If you're watching this on video, you can see guitars and all sorts behind me. So that, like that side of it, whilst I still get a little bit nervous, you know, I'm lucky to have that background and the public speaking background. And also to have had 1400 podcast episodes under my belt, which means I can, you know, I can, frankly, I can talk um, probably more than I should. <laughs> What's terrifying about it is more the fact that you can't control what's going on externally. You know, you you never know if you're going to get a troll in the comments that you've got to deal with. It's like being a, a comedian. It's like being a live comedian. You know what the audience is going to be like. So you sometimes do get that. And I quite, you know, I quite like that, if I'm honest. But it's, it's also <laughs> like that terrifying. I do. I like a bit of banter. I'm just, I'm a bit of a sod. But it's... It's more, it's more just like all of these unseen things. Like, you know, you, you know, you bringing up your video intro and your video outro and your music and you're like, is this going to work? And we've had it so many times where it doesn't work. But to, to address the question about when did I first go live, <laughs> I mean, the first time I went live, I think I'd only done, I'd only done about 15 podcast interviews. And my first ever live webinar was... <laughs> With, was with JLD from EO Fire, who was one of our partners, our launch partner for Podcast Websites, which is our original product in podcasting back in 2015. And we did a beta webinar on the 12th of Feb, 2015. So my first webinar was like in front of John's audience, which is not a, it's not an inconsiderable audience. So I was like, <laughs> it's, it, in, into the fire from the frying pan, I believe there, Ian. So that was that's yeah, that's I mean, one that's weird. one place to start. So yeah, John Lee Dumas <laughs> yeah. is 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 rather well known in this in this world, and it kind of, that makes me <clears throat> makes me makes me chuckle because I've I've gone through this whole like mindset like ridiculous thing. I'm, I'm sure we all do. Like over the last year, kind of like thinking, should I invite this person in? So it could be like Chris Ducker or uh, Louis Petrucci, big names. And people that I know really well, but for some reason in my head, I've been thinking, oh, well, I couldn't ask them. They, they, I don't know. It's, you know, it's ridiculous what goes on our heads. But thankfully, I've got over that. And uh, it's great that you're, it's great that you've been so consistent and you've been doing that right from the start. And you jumped in the deep end, basically, didn't you, Mark, <laughs> with that? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely into the, into the frying pan, into the fire. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Annette McDonald uh, from Easel here. So great to see you, Annette. She says, I'd like to know if you get nervous as a live guest or is it more so when you're the host? So I don't know. It's an interesting one. I, I, get, I still get quite nervous because you mentioned from the tech point of view, when you're juggling lots of different things, I think I can get a, I can get a little bit nervous with that sometimes. And I think I've, I've the more I've done it, the less nervous I get. But I still get a bit nervous. How about you? Get are you more nervous as a host or a guest, or or let me let, you know what do you think? Yeah, it's a good question, and 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 I think personally, I think it's 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 it, again back to that reliability on tech. Yeah, I'm, I'm rarely nervous when I'm talking about what I talk about, and that's not really because. I know what I'm talking about is because I think you always think there's more to learn. It's more the fact that I've become comfortable enough to realize that some people are going to love you. Some people aren't going to like you and that's all right. Yeah. Like that's totally fine. And that's, so I think it is, isn't it? I think it's definitely that, that reliance on tech. Like, you know, I'm, I'm using this roadcaster that I'm talking into now. I've got the mic and I've got this. I could essentially do what you were doing in and play the entire live setup for my podcast. So because I use that so often, I know I can rely on it. Same with the camera, same with the DSLR at the studio. So I think it's like being a window cleaner. You rely on your ladders to stop you falling, you know, and it's, it's, it's everything that you trust. The second something goes wrong, that's the bit that you get a little nervy about because 
suddenly you're thinking, well, wait a sec, is it going to go wrong again? Like, is there a, yeah. is there a fault on the line sort of thing? So, yeah, and, you know, without sounding flippant on it, I think it, it's just a practice thing. I think you start being a little bit more nervous at the beginning with what you're talking about. And then you realize, wait a second, I've got to the point where I'm confident enough to talk about this and just say yes to doing a live stream. Thus, I've probably got enough knowledge to be confident in that side of things. And I think that just to kind of cap that off, I think the other thing that people get nervous about is making a mistake. And I think we live in this, you know, it's not like five, 10 years ago where no one was really doing live streaming. So if you did it, you had to feel a little bit more polished. Like now everyone's used to it. You can go live on Facebook or YouTube from your phone. It's rare that people are expecting a highly polished, no mistakes version of a live stream. So if that's the thing that's making you nervous, I would just say that, you know, People tune in for a bit of humanity. They want you to be a little bit fallible, you know. And if you do, if you do say a confident live course or a confident live show <laughs> yeah. in 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 the place of the other version, people are all right with that. But and that's what endears people to you. People, you know, that's why people tune into you, Ian, because you, you've got an endearing characteristic about you where people like what you say. So if you do make the odd faux pas, who cares? You know, they like you even more for it. So yeah, it's a big one, you know. It is. Well, thank you for reminding me of uh, all the the stumbling over ways that I had before. But <laughs> it's true, but it's true. But that's why, I mean, that's why people watch live shows. It was one of the big reasons, they, because they do want to see that humanity. And if you want a bit of humanity, then you're in the right place. So that's cool. So before we get into podcasting and talking about that, I've got a, just a really, really important question for you, Mark. And that is, you know, why DC and not Marvel? DC comics are far better than Marvel. The comics, the books, the written, the the characters, the far better. Marvel just got ahead with the movies, that's all. They did a great job of it. But I've always found DC characters a little bit more nuanced. You know, the, I read superhero stuff because I want superheroes. I don't, don't really want the teenage angst and the relatability. You know, I, I want to see Superman bash some bad guys. So, yeah, that that's why. Although Batman's one of the big ones, and I feel like a lot of people think he's a Marvel character in disguise. So... Maybe I can be swayed. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been subjected to watching all the Marvel movies in over the last year, and yeah, there are there are some that I like, but yeah, I, I think I think I, I haven't really looked. I haven't. I was never really into comics, but I kind of almost feel that if I had my time again, it would probably would be DC. So I think I'm with you on that one. And then the other question, the really important question, we need to get this out of the way before we can actually get on with the conversation. And that is, what order would you put the Star Wars movies in from bad? to good from bad to good rise of skywalker phantom menace attack of the clones revenge of the sith turn of the jedi a new hope empire and oh shit i forgot about the others i can't say that word i forgot about i forgot about the force awakens and last jedi do they even exist i don't know do <laughs> yeah. they exist apparently they do them. apparently they do but oh. uh, yeah oh. no that's we good. should it's just Go on, sorry. No, it's just you passed the test. That's fine. That's good. That's good. I, although oh, I, can't, I, man, I that was like an on the spot tough one. That one. That's like no, the hardest question I've ever had. Except, except for the fact that you just like said it all in one go. Okay, you missed that too. But I mean, we'll forgive you. Yeah, on that I know. One. Cool. They don't count. <laughs> <laughs> well, let us know what you think. Are you a DC fan, a Marvel fan, and what about Star Wars? Let us know. Uh, Annette says. Annette McDonald says it all makes me nervous. But that's because, so you were an amazing guest on my show, Annette. You might have been nervous, but you were awesome. And just the more you do, it does get easier, doesn't it, Mark? It does get easier the more you do. So uh, keep keep at it. I'm just trying to think, when did we first meet? Were you were you at New Media Europe? Is that where we first met? Or was it? Yeah. I, I think, think it was. so, yeah. yeah. I think 2014. You remember the one in Manchester in the little hotel? Yeah, that was that was the one. So there's a lot of us, a lot of people, on uh, my guests on the show, be, we, we met at that New Media Europe in, in Manchester, which is... Which is uh, 
yeah, kind of weird, isn't it? It's a long time ago, but a lot has happened since then. Well, we, we, we could talk a lot about all that kind of stuff, but we should get on with podcasting. So first of all, why, why should we embrace podcasting? A lot of my audience totally see the power of live streaming, but I, I mean, I, I totally see the power of podcasting and that's why I like to repurpose my live shows into podcasting. But for those who haven't really thought about starting with podcasting, why should people embrace podcasting maybe as well as a live show or even instead of a live show? Yeah, good question. And, and I'll come at this from the perspective of someone that's wanting to build a brand and a business and some authority, because obviously that's that's what the yeah. key thing is. There's a, there's a sort of wider conversation about podcasting overall and why 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 it's useful for everyone. Um, but I think in the context that we're talking about now, I think you know the 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 best example that I can use is back in the day when I used to run the agency. So I used to uh, very very quick history. I used to run a design and digital agency, and, and we ran it from a tiny little. Uh, Victorian studio in Barnsley, which if anyone knows Barnsley, it's a little mining town. It's it's not known for its digital. Well, it's trying to be known for its yeah. digital outlook, but it, it certainly wasn't back then. And we ended up doing a lot of work with a lot of brands that you'd be surprised that we could work with from this little place in the middle of England. And people kind of didn't get like, how are you working with Adobe and Bosch and doing these magazine covers for people? And, and, and how, like, how are you able to do that? And a lot of it was was down to the approach. And I think that personality that you've got, you know, the past personality that you've got when you turn up to a pitch, when you turn, and you'll know this being a music teacher as well, that personality, that rapport that you have with someone, when you turn up in a room, you can instantly feel, are we going to get along? Are we not going to get along? You know, very often that gut feeling is right. And it's usually that that wins you the pitches because if you turn up to a, uh, or if you've been invited to pitch, you can already do the job. It's, it's now about who people feel more comfortable with. And I think for me, what, what it did for me in, in, in terms of podcasting, the reason it worked well for us, and the reason I always advocate it for people trying to do this same thing, which is to build a business and a brand around it, or to use it as marketing for a business and a brand, is that you get to bottle that feeling a little bit, that bottle that personality a little bit, and do it in such a way that I think gives you a bit of an arsenal to fall back on. Because who's going to get the job? If you turn up, if we, let's just use the same example. If I turn up to do a digital pitch for someone, and it's a hundred grand piece of software that they want building. And we actually did this. We did an education platform, hundred grand piece of software back in the day. And we went in and we did a pitch just like everyone else. And we got the job because all of the questions that they asked, not only we were able to answer them, but we were able to say, well, look, there's an episode of content that won't only answer that question, but that will give you insight and education on what you should be doing around that question. So things like, what about information governance? You know, we had a podcast episode that was top three things that new software people get wrong about information governance. And that, you know, the next time we spoke, it was very clear that they'd listened to all that stuff and we became the experts very quickly. So it's, it's, it's a similar proposition in my view to the live streaming to a youtube channel but i think the way that podcasting does just differ and it's a very obvious and very cliched trope but it is just because it's more passive you can do it a little bit more readily when you're traveling so that's why you know if, if you want to either build an authority or build a network it's easy to do it with podcasting and it, it gives you that arsenal to fall back on and there's nothing more powerful for when you're building a brand and when you're trying to when you're trying to actually sell things to people and they've been able to prove that you know what you're talking about by saying, you know that question that you have just thought of? Here's something I recorded on that five years ago. That's how long I've been doing this. So that's that's why it's so good, I think. 
Yeah, I love that. And, and that's, that happened to me recently, like a client. In fact, it's not, this happens actually a lot of the, a lot of the time. I, somebody, like it might be a client or it might be in the audience, asks a question. Yeah, how, Ian, how do you do this? I think, well, I, if you go to iag.me forward slash, I don't know, 25, you, I, wrote, I, I did a podcast episode all about that. So I think that's really, really helpful. And do you think, do you think that, I mean, live shows, I believe live shows are quite an intimate experience and people can see you, they're, they're very authentic. And, and I think there's something really powerful about the video, the fact that they can see you. But do you think that podcasting is almost more intimate? The fact that people are kind of like, plugging you into their ears, which sounds a bit weird, but you know what I mean? Do you think it's a little bit more of an intimate experience? Yeah, good question, man. I think it's, I think it's more intimate when it comes to the one-to-one connection. But, you know, we talked about the live streams that I did every Friday for five years. That became more intimate than any podcast because we had the same people turning up and collaborating with each other. And so I think podcasting has got its own level of intimacy and I think it's got its own type of intimacy but I, I think it has a, a, a USP over live streaming and video content in that it is that one-to-one experience where I think live streaming has an edge when you're trying to build a very specific community in a very specific place. And what I used to find, interestingly enough, is that people would come to my live streams to discuss the content that I'd published the previous week with me and with the other people that they knew listened to the show. And we're seeing a lot of startups now. This is, this is why it's kind of hilarious. Like podcasting is the wild west at the minute. There's that much VC money going to it. Like it's, people are investing in stupid things, stupid things. And the amount of pictures that I get across the desk for people saying, can you help me with this startup? And it's a startup idea that, you know, someone's mum might want, you know, and there's there's maybe three people in the entire country that's going to use it because it's such a niche thing. But most of these things stem from that social element. And what they're trying to do is, is make a social podcasting app. Here's where I can discover and collaborate with other people on this podcast. And I think, do you know what? That, that sort of trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. And my argument with that is always do what Ian does, do what I do, do what other people do, which is take that audience and tell them you will be at a certain place at a certain time. It's something that I, I, I very coyly and kind of very cliched. I called this a presence promise years ago when I was talking about podcast marketing. I still stand by it. Like if you were the host, rather than trying to get involved in a social podcast app and change the behavior of people, because people's behaviors don't change when it comes to tech. There's, 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 it's, it's hard. You know, any startup wants to avoid behavioral change in education. So to create something like a social podcast app and, and try and force the type of collaborative intimacy simply doesn't work. So we developed this idea of a presence promise, which is if I'm a podcaster, I promise that every Friday or every Tuesday at 11 p.m., uh, sorry, 11 a.m. UK, I will always be at this place at this time to do this thing. I promise to do that. And if you're listening to my podcast, come and join me on the live stream. And it works so well. So I think just to summarize that, I think podcasting has got a very clear one-to-one intimacy advantage. And I think that works well for building the rapport and the trust in the voice. But I think video and live streaming when complemented by podcasting or vice versa, I think it can give you the intimacy of a small group, a mastermind, you know, a book club kind of feel. And that's why I love using them in tandem. That's why I think what you do is, is brilliant. I think it's I think it's the perfect mix. That's well, that's cool. I was I was gonna ask you, you know, what do you think about repurposing a live show into a podcast? I mean, it has its obviously it has its advantages, which you kind of talked about, but there are some downsides. And I think I have to think I had to think really clearly or, or carefully 
in terms of the structure of the show so it works from a podcasting point of view because if i if i talk with my live audience so much it ends up being perhaps boring for the the podcast listener and and so actually kind of thinking about you've got to think about three audiences you've got to think about your live audience your replay audience and your podcast audience as well and that can be a bit tricky but yeah what's your what's your view on that i mean obviously there's positives but there's maybe some downsides too yeah great question man i think what i what i tend to do with this is i will only ever live stream and, and repurpose that into a podcast episode if i'm ever at an event so i'll take out the the p4 or the p8 from zoom and i'll take out a couple of mics that, I've, that i carry around with me to events and i will sit down and i'll say i'm i'm here with ian anderson great social media marketing world this is a bonus episode of the podcast accelerator you're going to hear things in the background. We're going to get Ducker walking past and, and saying something. We're going to get these things happening. Like that is, it, it, that's the way that I do it because I, I, I personally think that those three audiences present their own types of challenge. And I think there's nothing wrong with doing that. And I think the way that you do it is fantastic. However, I will just underpin that with the decision about what goal you're trying to achieve. So just to give you some insight into this, we do the same with YouTube. So what we do on our YouTube channel is we take my podcast accelerator. So I run a 10 minute per episode show twice a week, which is a podcast. And it's, it basically helps you to design, create and market your podcast. That's, that's what it does. It teaches that in 10 minutes an episode. A Monday episode is me talking about a topic. And then the Friday episode is a question from the audience. And what's really interesting about that is that we actually thought to ourselves, this is easy. We've got a studio at Sheffield. We've got the lighting rig. We've got everything we need to make a fantastic looking YouTube video. Why don't I just, and I've got the roadcaster. So like now if I do it here, you'll hear that I'll play the audio and you'll hear my intro music coming in. So we've got that, we've got all that gear. Why don't we just do it as a YouTube video? And we got it wrong because what we did was we sat me down and I recorded my accelerator live. I recorded it on the roadcaster. I played the music live and it worked for the podcast. And the first 10 videos we put out, people were like, dude, this is great content, but holy, I hate the music. Like, why is it so long and loud? And why is the structure different? Why is there a pre-roll on it? And legit, you know, we had these comments hammered out. So we pivoted it. So what I now do is I'll record the episode. I'll do the same set of recording. So I'll record the video on the DSLR and record the podcast episode at the same time. But just as you said, mate, what I did and what I do now is I'll intro the content, do the pre-roll, and then almost restart the episode with a lead-in after the pre-roll ad so that the editor can then chop it up. And we get, we get the same outcome, but it's dedicated to the right audience. So the podcast gets the podcast, and the YouTube channel gets the YouTube video that's the same content, but it starts at a slightly different place and it's edited slightly differently. So that's a huge lesson. The goals and back to those three audiences, you know, because people want so many different things, the YouTube audience wants a YouTube experience. They don't want a podcast experience and vice versa. The big thing that you've got to understand is why are you doing what you're doing? So if, if I'm a Star Wars podcast, I run a Star Wars show predictably called Spark of Rebellion. And the goal of that podcast is to be a podcast. It's not to be a brand that is omnichannel. It's not to be a brand that is on YouTube, that is uh, producing videos and high-class um, commentary, or to provide speculation. It's not anything like that. It's just a podcast. Conversely, the Accelerator, my show, is intended to be a brand. It's intended 
to have different goals to just a podcast, and that is to increase our brand reach across the board. So these two podcasts, they're delivered by the same mechanism, RSS, through Captivate, into Apple and Spotify and Google and Amazon. But they've got different goals. So Spark Rebellion, we don't do on YouTube because our KPI, our, our metric that we want to push up is the downloads. Whereas the thing that you're doing right now and the thing that much of your audience will do and the thing that I do with the accelerator is I want to attract people horizontally. I want to attract people on every platform to come into the ecosystem without them having to think, what's a podcast? Why am why do I need to listen to a show? I'm just, why can't I get it on YouTube? So I think that depends. You know, I think it depends on the audience that you're trying to attract and in particular your goals. So again, just to summarize that, if you want to build your download numbers and gain sponsorship on a great level for your show, don't repurpose, don't live stream it, don't do it anywhere else. Make that the only place you can get it via a podcast. If your goal is to build an entrepreneurial brand, a personal brand, to increase your reach, on a wider basis, then be in as many places as you can. And that's where repurposing comes in. Um, but I think you nailed it. You know, the show design is vital because you can't just record a podcast and publish it to YouTube. You simply just can't do that. Mm. Oh, well, that that is golden, golden advice for me, Mark. Thank you. Because this, I mean, we're, we're going to get onto tech in a minute, but you know, you'll, you'll have this, I'm sure, all the time. You know, people want to ask you, you know, what, which microphone should I pick? You know, what, how do I get it all working? And we will talk about some of that in a minute. But this stuff, you, you might think this is the boring bit, but this is the most important bit. This is the strategic bit. This is this requires you to do a lot of deep thinking, a bit of hard work, and so absolutely plan things, work out what your goal is, and do that work right at the start. I'm sure you'd agree with that. It's Everyone gets excited by the tech, don't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the planning, we, we were just relaunching our, our, we've got an entire free how to launch a podcast. Like it's the deepest, um, most in-depth version of a how to launch a podcast course that I think actually exists anywhere. And we're just relaunching that. That's on podcastsuccessacademy.com and it's, it's just a free thing. And the majority of that course and that entire flow and all the accountability, everything is focused on the soft stuff, the thinking, the planning, the structure, the format, the why, the goals, the metrics, the KPIs. And then it's like, oh, yeah, here are four mics. They're all under 100 bucks. Pick one. You know, because <laughs> they're all good. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. kind of a bit that, – That's you know, that's what's interesting, actually, man. I think you've, you've really hit on something quite fascinating there is that like five years ago, even seven years, eight years ago when I got into podcasting and, and uh, you know, and I was, I, was, I was kind of thinking, what do I do? And it – the tech was the biggest hurdle. It's far, far less of a hurdle now because everyone wants to build podcast tech. So the why, whereas I think back in 2012, 2013, like the why was a little bit easier because there was only 200,000 podcasts. Now there are a million and a half. So it, you could have a podcast about anything back in those days and someone would listen because it was rare that there would be another podcast covering it. Now there's 50 podcasts per idea. So you have to go more into the thinking and less yeah. into the tech. I've never thought about that. You know, that's that's been a big switch the last seven, eight years. Well, that's cool. That's awesome. Well, let's let's talk about the tech. We, we need to get on to that. So uh, Martin Butlin says, excellent information. And Mark is sharing so much. And yeah, totally agree with you. So uh, thank you, Martin. So what do we actually need from a tech point of view? Obviously, microphone might help. I mean, what else What else do we need? So tell us what we need to get started. So the two things that you actually need, the only things that you need, and we can go into some nuances about different setups, but the most basic 
set up to be a podcaster, you just need two things. Number one, a microphone. Number two, a way to get your podcast into Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever else. And that's where a host like a Captivate.fm will come in, where you put your audio and it just it does the rest for you. So they're the only two things that you need. Now, there are a lot of nuances to that insofar as, okay, what kind of interview show do you do? What kind of solo show do you do? Because that will influence some of the tech. But all you need to start is if you're in the US, you need an ATR 2100 microphone. If you're in the UK, you need a Samsung Q2U. Uh, they're both USB microphones, so they plug straight into your computer. And you can record into your garage band if it's free on Mac. You can record into whatever free recording software you've got. There we go. He's got a Samsung. They're brilliant pieces of kit. Now, the reason that I recommend those, and we can go deeper if we need to, but the reason I recommend those two is very simply, they're a hybrid microphone. So they've got a USB port, but they've also got an XLR, the three-prong. If you're into music, you'll be used to seeing the three-prong input. So it will scale if you get any more equipment. You can plug it into other stuff, just not a computer. The other part is a, is a hosting platform. You know, podcasting is powered on, on RSS which is really simple syndication for the old geeks in the audience like me. And it's basically a way of just getting your podcast out to places. So a host like Captivate, of which, Ian, you were the first ever user of Captivate. You were second only to me on Captivate, I should point out. You, um, you put your files, so this audio file will go on Captivate. You click publish and Captivate syndicates it via RSS out to everywhere, Apple, Spotify. And then we tell you your downloads. How many downloads did Ian get today? for this episode. So they're the only two things that you need. And a lot of people overcomplicate it. You know, a lot of people buy these courses at like, you know, 497 and, uh, the, you know, they'll see these courses and there's like 50 lots of recording equipment that they need and all this complication. You really don't need that. You need one microphone that's USB driven and a way to syndicate it. That is it. So yeah, I'd always recommend people start with that. Definitely, definitely. And of course, we can scale it. We can recommend different mics and different setups. But to get started, that is all you need to do. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, I think it's so important just to start simply. I'm, I'm an expert at overcomplicating things, but I've tried tried over the years to to grapple with that. And yeah, I, I started off I started off with a, a Blue Yeti microphone. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that now, but it was it was fine. It got <laughs> it got me started. And I had a for my live streaming, I had a Logitech C920, you know, pretty basic stuff. But over the years, I've improved that. I've got a Heil PR40 microphone now, but you don't need that. I mean, I, I liked it because I quite like the way it looks, I have to admit. And it does it sound great. Sweet. It does. But, you know, you just I, th I think you're right. Just start off with something really s simple like the, the Samsung QT. What was the one for the US audience? I can never remember the name of it. Uh, ATR 2100. Right. It doesn't really roll off the tongue, does it? But anyway, there we go. We'll no, put that in cool. the show notes. It's the same, Mike. It's, it's a funny one. And uh, the Heil's a good one. And, and I think, th so this is what's fascinating. We always recommend like four or five mics and we run the studio on the PR40s. So we've got a few PR40s. We've got this, which is the Procaster. But if, if you're in the market for a, a mic like a Heil PR40 and you're just getting started with it, without a shadow of a doubt, the Rode Pod mic is the way to go. It's 100 bucks or 100 pounds. It's an XLR mic like this one. See, it's got the XLR lead. And it, it you need an interface for it to, to go between this and the computer. But if you are in the market for like a, what feels like a higher class microphone, 100 bucks for that pod mic, the Rode pod mic, is, is, is the best mic pound for pound. It's absolutely brilliant. That's awesome. 
Awesome. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about tech uh, after my next break. So I can see that uh, Jeanette is here. So I love your lives, Ian. She says, I joined your new program and want the same profession, professionality. That's the word, isn't it? As well. Hopefully you'll be better at pronouncing words than me. <laughs> but thank you for that, Jeanette. That's awesome. Well, uh, it's time to bring in my next sponsor, who is the wonderful Content 10X. Content 10X is fabulous. They're all about content repurposing, content repurposing. So if you want to create more content, if you want to be more consistent, then Content 10X can help you with this. They will take that one live stream or blog post, podcast, video, and explode it into a plethora of new platform-specific on-brand content. They can do this for you, or they can teach you how to do it via their podcast, their blog, their book, and their toolkit. They're really smart, responsive, creative, and effective. And if you want to take the stress out of content marketing, Content 10X are the people you want to go to. And they've also got a new service called LinkedIn 10X. Definitely check out LinkedIn 10X by going to content10x.com and clicking the button for LinkedIn 10X. That is all about leveling things up on LinkedIn. If you want to raise your game, if you want to create much more content and reach more people, then Content 10X can help you here. You just need to create one piece of video content on LinkedIn every week, whether that's a live stream, if the LinkedIn gods have given you access to LinkedIn Live, or it could be a pre-recorded video, and then they will do all that work for you. So definitely check out Content 10X. As I say, they've got a blog, they've got a podcast, they've got a toolkit, they've got everything, and they're really awesome. And I thank Amy and the team at Content 10X for sponsoring the show. You're listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Fabulous. So we've got a microphone. We might have an audio interface if we're going for something a bit more posh and podcast hosting. So I, I want to ask you a little bit more about Captivate in a minute. But before that, there's surely we need to edit our podcasts or maybe we don't. Tell us a little bit more about that. So we've 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 recorded it and the other thing, of course, is we've got to have some way of recording our podcasts. How do we actually record our podcasts? I use Adobe Audition partly, um, but you know, it doesn't have to be that complicated. Tell us a little bit more about the the other bits that we might need, the nuances. Yeah, good, good question. So I think, yeah, there's a couple of ways to record things. You can either go hardware-based or software-based. Software-based, when it comes to recording, Adobe Audition, GarageBand, Audacity, you know, you will have to learn something. It's not difficult to get the basics, but it's difficult to master it. That said, you probably don't need to become a master. So that's the software version of recording. We'll get to editing in a second. The hardware version of recording is something like I'm using now, which is the Roadcaster Pro, which is about five, 600 bucks piece of kit. But my actual recommendation for recording is, and I, the reason I love this next bit of kit as well is that it, it, it interfaces an XLR microphone to your computer as well. So you essentially plug this XLR into your uh, device and then into your computer. And that device I always recommend is the Zoom PodTrack P4. It's about 149 bucks and it's fantastic. It's got sound pads on it so you can do things like this. I'm going to play some music. You can just you can play things in. You can pre-roll your interviews. You can put some mid-rolls in. It's got four microphone inputs, so you can record guests. It interfaces to your computer, so you can plug a, a microphone from that into your computer. So that's the Zoom PodTrack P4. So they're the two ways to record, and it's either software-based, Adobe Audition, Audacity, or something, um, you know, whatever GarageBand that comes free on your computer. 
or the Roadcaster Pro or the Zoom PodTrack P4. When it comes to editing, I think you've just got to consider what type of show you want and, and, and what the barriers are to getting your podcast out. So let me explain that a little bit. I've got a 10-minute podcast. I've done over 1,100 episodes of podcasts. So when it comes to I do a podcast about podcasting that's 10 minutes long. Really, like with my show, I don't need to edit it. All I do is make the sound sound good using some processing that we that we do with Captivate. So you don't have to edit it if you if you are confident enough to be able to hold your conversation. That said, if you want a really pro show and if you run for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes, it's really about making the show as tight as possible. So editing does become more important the longer your shows get. And what I always say with that is that, look, it's a bit it's a bit obvious and a bit like it's a bit much to ask, but if you can afford to outsource it for like £10 an episode, just outsource it, all right? Get on Fiverr, find an editor, get it outsourced, and they will tighten all that audio up for you. If you want to learn to do it, just use Audition or Audacity, okay? There's plenty of courses out there to do that. But I am going to caveat that editing part of it. You don't need, actually, let me rephrase that. I would rather that you launched a podcast without perfect editing, without any editing, than worry about editing it so much that you don't launch because you can always refine it and you can always get better. Um, So just bear that in mind. So to summarize, software recording, audition, audacity, or GarageBand, hardware recording, which records to an SD card or direct to your computer through an interface, Roadcaster Pro, or my recommendation, the Zoom PodTrap P4. Editing, use something like Audition or outsource it. Or if you want something a little easier that's sort of a hybrid of the two, check out Ali2, which is from Colin Gray. We partner with Colin on that one. Integrates directly with Captivate and try Ali2. It's sort of a browser-based drag-and-drop editor, which is really, really cool. So yeah, mm. just get started though. Don't worry about the editing too much. Absolutely. so Such good advice because it, you can get so caught up in this that you'll never actually do it. So don't be a perfectionist. Takes one to know one. So uh, Justin Brown is here. He says, hey, hey, great to see you, Justin. Uh, Tim Sorn says, hi, Ian, how are you? I'm doing really well. And he says, shout out to the LinkedIn gods. Yes, uh, the LinkedIn gods are not looking too favorably on a lot of people at the moment with LinkedIn Live, but it's rolling out slowly. We'll, we'll see how we get on with that. Okay, great. So we, we've, we've got to the point, we've edited it, we've got it into an MP3, and we're about to upload it onto a host. Just tell us a little bit more about Captivate. I mean, I love Captivate. I was a little bit nervous about switching, although I, I hadn't really had that much good experience with other podcasting hosts. There's a, a lot of them are very, very clunky. And when I used Captivate, I just was really impressed with the the interface. It's really easy to use. And just all the, the, the ability to actually publish it to all these places like Apple Podcasts and Google and Spotify, it's just like one click. But um, yeah, tell us a little bit more about that and the process of once we've got the MP3 of, of actually creating a podcast. Yeah, so you know the, the the MP3 file is the final file that you'll 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 upload somewhere. So what a what a hosting platform like Captivate does is it acts as a middle ground, where it's a bit a bit like sort of uploading your video to YouTube. What you'll do is you upload it to Captivate and that sends it to all of these places. But more importantly, what it does is it measures things as well. So it'll measure your downloads, your analytics, um, and also gives you a few of the things that you can do. You know, display in in, in various places, submit it to all the directories, start to market your show, start to do some of the. Team work on the show and just just really kind of form this into a show 
you know, it stops being just an MP3 file and turns into a proper podcast. So Captivate is, is is a middle ground. It's a hosting platform, a syndication platform. And it's important that like, every podcast on the planet needs one of those. You're right, Ian, you know, and I appreciate, number one, you being the first ever user, and number two, the kind words. You know, we, we, we developed Captivate for you and me, took all the annoyance out of podcast hosting and made it look a lot less Web 2.0. You know, podcast hosting doesn't have to look 2008 perpetually. So we, we made it feel easy. We made it work easy. Uh, we made it very easy to understand. And what it does is it takes away the complexity of, 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 of you know, what we talked about with the live streaming, like the tech worries me, the, the, the how to worries me. Like we took all of that away. We captivate. It's very clear. Okay, I just put my MP3 file there. Oh, and then I do this next thing. So that's what Captivate does. It, you know, it will send your audio out. And we work very closely with Apple. You know, we work closely with Spotify and Google and Amazon and Audible and Radio.com and Radio Public and TuneIn and a billion others. And, you know, we, we pass that data through to them and they pass analytics back to us. So it's it's not expensive. You know, it's like, what, 10, 15 quid a month. Um, it, it will scale. You can have multiple podcasts on there. So you can have 10 podcasts under your own name if you want to. If you're like me, do a Star Wars podcast. If you want to do a podcast about podcasting, um, if you, you know, whatever, you can scale as many shows as you want. So that's what it does. It's sort of a middleware between you and the world. And every podcast needs a host like Captivate. So, yeah, I'm glad you enjoy using it as well, dude. Like yeah, I, said, you've been there I mean, since I, day one. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we've known each other for, for ages, but uh, I'm not just saying that I like it because, you know, we're friends. It's, it's generally, it's, it's, it's a really awesome host and it's just so easy and I love it. So, uh, so if you want to find out more, is it captivate.fm? Is that the right place? Certainly is captivate.fm. Yeah. So you can uh, just kick the tires on it as well for free, which is good. That's awesome. So we, we've, we've now got it published and we can relax. We can go to bed. We can put on Netflix and all the downloads are going to come through and everything's going to be amazing. Not. What do we do next? Because this is the big thing. You know, when I, 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 I knew this would happen when I launched my podcast. I knew it was going to take time. I knew, speaking to a lot of my friends who have launched podcasts, it was going to take six months to a year maybe to start to see some growth in the downloads. And there was that bit. I think it was about episode 25 when I was thinking, this is really hard. No, I felt like no one was listening to my podcast. And that wasn't true because I could see the downloads coming through, but it, I didn't have any anyone, any feedback. And it wasn't actually until Youpreneur, the Youpreneur Summit, that I suddenly bumped into people who were saying, oh, Ian, I love your podcast. I was thinking, why didn't you tell me this before? Uh, so it was really hard getting through that bit. But how do we, how do we actually get the message out there. So this is the whole promotion side of things when it comes to. Yeah, it's a difficult one, man. And this is the thing, like we, we do this with, with our academy, our teaching academy, because podcast marketing is difficult. Like that's what that academy focuses purely on. And that's the deal. Like no one tells you you need to, to be a marketer when you become a podcaster. Just no one ever goes, by the way, you're going to have to learn all these 50 other things. You only learn that 20 episodes in. Um, so the difficulty is, you know, there, it's a multifaceted thing that you need to consider. And no one does this. You know, we talked earlier about no one thinks through the kind of why or the how. They want to jump straight to the tech. It's the same with the marketing. So what they do is, you know, a typical podcast promotional cycle is do a podcast, record a podcast, publish a podcast, tweet about a podcast, put it on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, 
re-record the next one and do the same again. And that's kind of all that they do. That really kind of doesn't cut it because all of these tactics that you're using to promote your podcast, you know, they're, they're too transient, they're too quick. A tweet, you know, the life cycle of a tweet is five seconds, probably less than that now. Same with Instagram post. It, it, it's not it's not sustainable and it's not going to give you any growth if you just throw these things out on social media and expect listeners to come. So I developed this, this, this kind of three-pronged approach. It's called the Podcast Discoverability Triangle. I've spoken on it all over the world and it's, it's something that will underpin a marketing strategy. And that's the key thing I want us to understand here is that we have to develop a marketing strategy for our podcast. And that Discoverability Triangle targets three types of potential listener. The first potential listener is someone that loves what you talk about, but don't really know what podcasting is. Okay. So my mum, as an example, she might love Star Wars. I mean, she's not as hot on it as I am, but she might love Star Wars. She's got no idea what a podcast is, but she knows, and I know that if she accessed that content, she would love it because she wants to know whether Bubba Fett's coming back or not because she likes Star Wars. So with a, a marketing strategy in place that targets people that love Star Wars, but not I don't have a clue about podcasting. I can open up a fresh audience. The second part of the discoverability triangle is creating a podcast marketing strategy that also targets people that know about podcasting, but that don't know about you. So flipping the other one on its head. I know how to access podcasts. I know the tech. I know how to get into the apps. I know how to get searching for a podcast and to subscribe, but I don't know that Spark Rebellion exists. So I start to work with other podcasts or I start to sponsor the podcasts or guest on them. And people say, well, wait a sec. I could listen to Mark's podcast right now. This is sweet. It sounds like my kind of thing. So that's, that's, that's tip number two of the triangle. And the third potential audience that we can open up when it comes to marketing is sort of the emotional crew, the people that we trigger. All right. So a podcast is, is only intended to do one of two things, educate or entertain, or sometimes if you're really good, a bit of both, which I think we're pulling off in today, definitely. <laughs> and the key thing with that is what we want to do is, is harness that emotion, harness that thing that we're triggering, whether it's the education, the emotion, that aha moment, that laugh, that cry, that anger, that frustration, um, that joy, that elation. Harness that thing and make sure someone takes that and tells someone else about it. So what we can do is, let's say that you and me make a hilarious joke. Or earlier on, you know, earlier on, I dropped an S-bomb. I was like, oh, you know, I forgot the, ride, the, the last Jedi on The Force Awakens. Now, what we could do is we could use that. So, you know, I dropped that in. You were like, oh, no, what's he done? You could actually start to say things like, hey, let me know on Twitter. Is that good? Is that bad? Can you believe Mark just did that? It's unbelievable. What do you think of The Force Awakens? Share this bit of the episode. Share a link to here. Is this the right order? So the point is we start to understand as hosts because it's our intuition and we develop that as we do podcast episodes. We start to realize the bits that will trigger the audience. And at that point, we dive in and we we throw a call to action in to pull people into doing something with that. So they're the three facets of a strategy that no one does. All right. So just to recap, you need to create some marketing campaigns that aren't just tweets and social media, marketing campaigns that will open up people who love what you talk about, but that don't know about podcasts, people that know about podcasts, but that don't know what you talk about and people who will share specifics at specific times when you trigger them with emotion or with something that they've learned. And I think if you if you devise a strategy that targets all three of those, you just leave them running. So it's just like any marketing campaign. You know, it's not 
you know, the Christmas campaigns for Kevin the Carrot, you know, that's been planned way in advance and that will run for two months. It's not a one tweet and then it's done. It will run for two months and it will get measured and it will get tested and they'll do MPS scores on it. They will do um, sentiment analysis on it. That's what we have to do as podcasters, run a campaign, get a Facebook ad running. People who also like Star Wars might like this podcast about Star Wars. So let's be the person in front of them. So yeah, big deep answer. I realize that, but that's I think it's we, something that so many people struggle with. That's what we like. We like deep on the show. We, we don't want to get surface deep. We want to get, get to the crux of the issue. And we could, we could do a whole, I mean, we have talked about promotion in the past, but we could definitely do another show. And uh, maybe in the future, if you're up for it, you could come on and we could just talk about that because there's so much that we could talk about. We could actually talk about, you know, what are some examples of some marketing strategies that we could actually implement. But we are out of time, unfortunately, Mark. So it's been awesome to have you on the show. Thank you so much. How can people find out more about you? And you mentioned you mentioned a, a podcast course that you've got. There's obviously Captivate FM at captivate.fm, but you have I wouldn't say carelessly, you have strategically scattered yourself across the socials and the interwebs. Where's the best place for people to find out more about you? I think probably just the easiest thing is just get in touch on Twitter. That's the place I do most of my conversations. So it's just at Mr. Asquith on Twitter. Just hit me up there. We can have a chat over there if you need anything. And this, yes, we are launching, relaunching our launcher podcast course on the 17th of December over at podcastsuccessacademy.com. That is just a freebie. Um, very, very in-depth, but very, very bite-sized. And it, it goes into the stuff that no one else is teaching to give you the best launch. So yeah, just hit me up at Mr. Asquith if you've got any questions on Twitter. And I'm always willing to jump and have a chat oh that'd be fab and if you're listening to the podcast that uh course will already be out because i think this i think this podcast episode is coming out in january so mm -hmm. i'm being far too far too what's the word productive i think so <laughs> there we go i admire that oh i could learn a bit about that mate i could get in front of mine as well but i'm yeah. like what is batch recording why would i do that <laughs> i know i know we, we make we make life hard for ourselves don't we well, so just to let you know, as uh, this live show goes live every Tuesdays and Thursdays, so it's 11 a.m. in the UK on Tuesdays, 4 p.m. in the UK on Thursdays. And if you want to get notified for next time we go live, it's confident.live forward slash subscribe. And of course, don't forget the podcast, which is what we've been talking about today. Go to iag.me forward slash podcast, iag.me forward slash podcast. Before we go, Mark, can I ask you a question? You're a Yorkshireman. How do you take your tea? Tell us the best way to make a cup of tea. <laughs> Needs to look the same colour as he, man, and be left for at least three minutes. And what I'm going to tell you is that it has to be Yorkshire tea. And just before this call, this is not a lie, on a Black Friday deal on Amazon, I just got a bargain on 1,100 Yorkshire tea bags. So <laughs> that's my day sorted. Well, there you go. <laughs> so like, if you haven't had a proper Yorkshire tea, that's what you need to do. You need to place an order for some proper Yorkshire tea bags and yeah. He 1100 of them. I like the He-Man. <laughs> yeah, same colour as He-Man. Left for three minutes, same colour as He-Man. That's the milk gauge. You know, as soon as it gets He-Man coloured, you stop with the milk. You're sorted, <laughs> you're sorted. Well, fabulous. Thank you so much, Mark. Well, we're out of time, so I will see you next time. And until next time, of course, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of confident live video. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Be sure to join the community at iag.me where you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo.
Come on.